Hello and welcome back. This is Ends with Z. I'm Juan Fernandez, along with Cecile Munoz and our executive producer, Sean Mo. Good morning, you two. Hello, guys. So good to see you both today. It's always a good morning when I get to start it with you both. That's right. And it's always extra fun when Sean gets to come out of the, the research and behind the headset <laughs> into the studio to yeah. talk it Sometimes out with the two of us. Sometimes it's kicking and screaming, but I <laughs> Well, we're glad you're here. My, and the research was heavy. Let me tell you, when it comes to this topic, we're talking about friendship, uh, the person that uh, we are today. Are we the same person we were yesterday or decades ago? And there's a lot to unpack. There's a lot to wrap my head around. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I had to reread a couple of things over and over again because it just wasn't something I was very familiar with. For me, some of the stuff made me uncomfortable and made me upset. Like what? Well, um, this whole issue and this whole notion that I know that I harp on mm -hmm. of the changing faces of friendship, right. um, the changing ways that we engage as friends. And, and I'm really quick to demonize social media okay. because I think <laughs> social media that. is yeah. antisocial. And I, I agree that there's lots of aspects to that, but I also think as, as I dove into some of the research that, um, that, I, that I read, mm -hmm. uh, that, I, that I looked at and that Sean gave us, I had to pull myself back and say, from a historical perspective, but friendship is always evolving the way we connect and why we connect as people. That's right. And one of the most dramatic things that I read were number one that um, this question of what is hurting friendship is is as old as time. Uh, Socrates didn't believe right. that people should write to each other; there should always be in-person connection. And I thought, well, how is that any different than right. we're saying it shouldn't all be through social media? It mm -hmm. should be in person. Those of us of a certain sure. generation. So mm -hmm. friendships are constantly evolving, and the way we look at friendships constantly evolving is that what you discovered there uh, yeah i think so because it goes back to where we want to start uh, where we started thinking about mm -hmm. this is are we the same person uh, uh, do we are we the same person and then who we are i think is also heavily impacted by the yeah. way we see friendship because i know sean you you were sharing that you have a a different view of friendship than certainly i do well i mean i just for me, I don't have a romanticized view of friendships. I think friendships are great, but friendships are fleeting. Mm -hmm. And um, I think we don't really appreciate that fact because we think a friendship is going to be there forever until yeah. it's not. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that can be take a season. Sometimes it'll take many seasons or yeah. many years. Some friendships start and stop. Some friendships stop quickly and some friendships probably should have never started yeah that's for damn damn sure i'll go yeah. ahead and say it but sean i know we've known each other for over 20 years do you have friends i can't believe i don't know the answer to this question do you have friends that you've known since childhood yes but i don't see them you know i don't live in the same yeah. geographic area so if not for social media, I wouldn't be connected to them at all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So in that respect, social media is the connective tissue mm -hmm. that enables the friendship to continue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. S same with me. I, I was recently looking at uh, my high school um, class had a 30 year reunion oh not gosh. too long ago. And they sent out a picture of the guys that got together. And I had to ask one of the guys I did recognize in the photo who was everybody else? Mm -hmm. Because these were people for at least four years of my life. We were at least 
familiar with each other. We shared highs and lows with each other. But if I'd cross them on the street, I'd have no no idea. Right. And even something more recent, when I first moved to Los Angeles, I had a core group of friends. This is before meeting you mm-hmm. two. Mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time with. We'd spend holidays together. We'd do Friendsgivings, all that sort of thing. They came to the birthday party that you had for me here, Cecile, in 2002. 2202. That's right, mm. which is you know now 20 years right. ago. When I was going through that album, you guys, believe it or not, I could not remember the names really? of some of the people in the picture. And these are people that we had little slumber parties, mm-hmm. get-togethers, shared birthdays, all sorts of things. I could not remember their names. It's obviously pre-social media, mm-hmm. pre-Facebook. We didn't connect on on social wow. media after they either moved out of Los Angeles or just after the friendship kind of faded away. Right. And I don't know what to do with these photos. It's so interesting, Juan, because I remember when you when you asked. I don't know if you asked or I happily volunteered. You volunteered. <laughs> I, I figured I that was. That <laughs> I figured that was worthy. I was so excited to to have. I'm always excited to have any kind of a party at my house. But I remember you said, Cecile, I'm only going to invite people that I really know because I know mm-hmm. it's at your house, mm-hmm. and I know and I know that you meant that because that's who sure. you are. Mm-hmm. And for them, for that now, 20 years later, to not be even some of the people that that you remember, and so it goes back to. Are we the same person? Because do we value the same things? Do we uh, clearly we things change in terms of importance in our life, but but that really brings that question to to the Mm -hmm. forefront and the decisions that we make uh, about friendship is is and why some survive and and others don't. Mm -hmm. My dad used to have a, a saying that all of us in my family say, even the next generation says it, and I think it's it's really true, and I know it's out there in the ethos too in Spanish is dime con quien andas y te diré quien eres that's right which means loosely translated tell me who your friends are and I'll tell you who you who are who you are right mm. and so do they define us so uh, does like attract like in this, in this exactly in, in English right? is, is more do, do like attract like and for me um, I think that I, I like to believe that I've been pretty much the same person mm-hmm. my entire life mm-hmm. so therefore the kind of people mm-hmm. that um, that I attract as friends uh, are very similar. There's a there's a there's a shared DNA, if you will. Mm-hmm. I have never been the type of person that I have a lot of people that I consider friends, mm-hmm. true friends. I, I know I can people. See that, yeah, uh, I've been more. Um, so maybe the word is not selective. I don't mean to think to pretend that I somehow have a higher calling. Mm-hmm. I just it's just the way I'm hardwired. But what's interesting with both of you, the names that continually come up. Mm-hmm. have been coming up for years. Mm-hmm. You know, your friends, Sean, your friend, Cecile, they're the same names. These yes. are the same people that kind of, you know, swim in our circles here and not randoms who just kind of come in and out. I mean, you're pretty loyal to to your mm-hmm. friendships. And well, I know some of the research showed yeah. that uh, after the age of 22, it becomes almost a declining process that it becomes harder, right. and, harder, harder and harder to make uh, real friends, connected friends. And then uh, I know that also since the 90s, four times more people are now either with very few friends or no friends at all. So right. we're becoming more isolated and it's right. becoming harder to yeah. to make those, those bonding friendships. Mm-hmm. That research said basically as we get older, um, those friendships don't happen organically. Mm-hmm. Like 
I think we happened organically when we met because we were just sharing a, a shared like, which was dancing. Mm-hmm. And and statistically, we were 22 years younger. We were 22 right. years younger. <laughs> so there's that. Right. And then I remember one time after class, it just became a thing where, hey, let's grab some lunch. Let's spend some more time together. Mm-hmm. And that just continued um, snowballing into more time spent together and, mm-hmm. and more friendships. But as we do get older, right, career and romantic relationships kind of take precedent over just yeah good old friends well i just think as you go through the decades yourself Mm -hmm. what you need from your friends and what you can provide to your friends changes yeah just over time um i feel like after 30 all your relationships change because you don't really have the free time that you Mm -hmm. had in your 20s to devote to those types of things for some reason it mm-hmm. seems like when you hit 30 mm-hmm. things shift yeah you're if if you want to get married or if you feel the pressure to get married you mm-hmm. get married you have kids you're at the arc in your career where mm-hmm. hopefully you're advancing or mm-hmm. if it's the new generation you have multiple side hustles so time is is limited um that for me i started really thinking when we started talking about this particular topic and what it mm-hmm. means because it sw- it swims in the same bowl with we're all lonely we're all trying to figure out how to re-emerge into society we're trying to be mm-hmm. resilient in all that we're facing and we're trying to stay strong we're focused on mental health mm-hmm. anything that you read about any of those subjects immediately there's a, a point made that friends and friendship are uh, really important, super important Mm -hmm. to providing mental health. So I started thinking of, well, what is the most important type of love in our life? What is the most important type of relationship in our life? What is it to you, Sean? Well, I think ultimately the most important is the the way you love yourself. Mm. I know platonic love and romantic love is great, but if you don't love yourself the right way, those other loves Mm -hmm. aren't going to work. You've got to learn how to self-love, as Whitney says. The greatest love of all is supposed to be <laughs> yeah. the love up for yourself. I believe that. And, I, and I've struggled with that in the past, whether I'm worthy uh, of mm-hmm. love, whether I'm just, you know, no, smart enough, skinny enough, uh, good enough uh, of it. So, and I think it does affect you, even if it's in the back of your head, the way you think about yourself. It's going um, to affect all your relationships. all your relationships, work relationships, all of them. I absolutely agree, and it's interesting because I don't, I don't necessarily think that about that as as the first thing. Although I know that all good relationships, all good communication, I believe, I believe the quality of communication you have with yourself dictates the quality of communication mm-hmm. you allow others to have with you mm-hmm. in the type of relationship, which I think is why I'm I limit the people that I allow really close in my life Mm -hmm. because I know that I I love with abandonment and sometimes it's it's not reciprocated and it's not respected I like to believe that I'm good at cutting people out I'm sure I'm sure you guys will have a different story about how Mm -hmm. long it takes me to do that and I respect that but that's um I I think uh in the all this reading and just reflecting and sitting outside in my garden watching my squirrels as Mm -hmm. my meditative five which is up to 15 minutes um, I was thinking about about love and about what's the important love, especially now that I'm single. Um, and I think that 
maybe maybe the great love should be yes first with yourself so that you know what kind of love you right. want in your life mm-hmm. but it should be friendship it should be platonic love or mm-hmm. what i i call connected love or or core love be us outside of ourselves should be people that um can give us a deeper level of intimacy i know my friends serve as not only a mirror but sometimes a, a rod that you guys smack me in the back of the head with mm-hmm. to say what are you doing <laughs> We were having a conversation before the podcast, some, something as simple of as selling my, some of my ballroom dresses that I don't need. And you both immediately said, somebody has to be there to help you, Cecile, because you'll be too nice and you'll give them away. That's right. Even something that small comes from love and the fact that you you guys know me, but we put so much yeah. pressure to on ourselves for romantic love. Like that's the end mm-hmm. I'll be all. And I'm not saying that because I'm jaded. I, I, I mm-hmm. truly am not saying that. It's the societal pressure, the historic pressure. I mean, how many apps are there about friend, about connecting friends? But how many apps are there about dating? Oh, millions, millions, yeah. thousands. Do we know any app that says, here, go to this app to connect with other friends? They're about, Facebook. It, <laughs> Isn't Facebook uh, supposed to be that? <laughs> well, we know that that's not what it is, right? But, but apps where you yeah. say, come here, you'll find people. There's apps to do things, basket mm-hmm. weaving, whatever sure. the hell. The meetups, right? There's Correct. A, there's a website called Meetup where you can find like-minded people. To whether do it's things. Learning a new language or exercise or, or whatever. But we put so much value on romantic love. And why not friendship? Well, when you give your love out, your, your, your love of friendship, I really do think it comes from a genuine place. And Thank I think you, you do it... Um, with no expectation of anything in return, no. which mm-hmm. I think for a lot of people, depending on where you are too, um, can find you in, in situations where you might be disappointed by somebody. Like you, you give so much, but you know, are you expecting anything in return? I don't think so, no. but does, does it affect you if you do feel somewhat slighted or, I mean, the only thing there's that, always that fear and there's yes. where, where, right. where fear we've talked about fear before in, in this podcast like I think fear stops a lot of us from extending that hand of friendship until we're really certain maybe that this person is, is gonna, not taking advantage of right, us or right. mm-hmm. has malicious right psychologists believe that there's three different types of attachment mm-hmm. the way we engage with people and that's where friendships and other relationships are born out of whether they be romantic relationships or friendships uh-huh. and there's basically they break it down to three different categories uh, secure which confident people are have a secure attachment uh, theory or attachment module okay insecure people are usually anxious and or anxious people are usually insecure. Mm-hmm. And the third is uh, people who have an avoidance attachment. Uh, those are the three categories that psychologists will, will put uh, people in and how they build relationships, be they romantic or, or friendships. And I'm sure some people just kind of like hover within that those three subcategories, right? I mean, I could be secure one moment and then mm-hmm. avoidant uh, the next, mm-hmm. right? And it's driven by where you are in your life, right. a certain trauma in your life, mm-hmm. which goes back to, are we the same person yeah. that we were when we were children? Uh, life has a way of sometimes changing people and sometimes mm-hmm. horrible things that happen in life don't change certain people. It's it's a combination mm-hmm. of nature and nurture. Mm-hmm. But and, and I can tell you, and I know I've shared this before, that when I am my most confident self and I believe that I have a, a, a secure attachment theory, I, uh-huh. I'm, I'm very secure about who I am and I am a confident person. And that's why I give love 
and friendship without expecting anything in return mm-hmm. except for honesty and respect right which will afford you my trust right um, but I, in all of that confidence comes from what psychologists will say from growing up in an environment where love and and respect and nurture was given freely and abundantly and the mm-hmm. person grew up mm-hmm. feeling very secure which in turn made them very confident because they saw the world as a place where they belong and where they're accepted right and i feel that the majority of the time and it comes from my father who was an incredibly loving kind supportive human being who adored his children and my brothers and my sisters mm-hmm. But there are times in my life where I say that I am my mother's daughter. And my mother was the opposite of that. My mother Mm -hmm. was um, not loving and kind. And my mother did not make me feel secure at all. Uh, Made me feel like a burden in something Mm -hmm. that she could wield even cruelty towards. And I know that in my life, when I have become very insecure and questioning of myself, and especially going through a divorce, I say that I become my mother's daughter and I become very anxious Mm, and very insecure. And that's tough. And I know that that is when I make challenging choices. Yeah. And our memories as children um, are selective too, I Mm -hmm. think. Um, We were talking earlier, I, I have certain memories that are very vivid, very clear, and others that are that are blurred. So when when I reflect and wonder if I'm the same person I was as a child um, I'm glad I'm not the same person because really? yeah I think um, my early childhood was was a happy childhood at least based on mm-hmm. stories I've heard and pictures I've seen and 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 you know you start stitching together a narrative where yeah I did look like a happy kid but then there was a weird period between third and sixth grade which still to this day I don't talk a lot about my really? mom will bring up the I was changed schools in the middle of, of, of a grade, mm. third grade. And that is when um, teasing was just, I was teased for three years oh. and bullied and um, not violent bullying, but emotional bullying. Mm-hmm. Which is more terrible, painful than terrible, physical violence, which we know. I, I, I think I might have mentioned this story uh, many, many podcasts ago, but there was a time, I think it was in either fifth or sixth grade, where... During recess, I just started walking out of the school. I was going to walk home because I was done with it. No, you have never mentioned that one. And the principal um, called me and called my mother. Because of the bullying. Because of the the bullying. Um, You know, at the time, we had just come back from living six months to almost a year in Kentucky. Mm -hmm. We went during Mm -hmm. the winter time when it snows. You don't play outside. I came back a little heavier. So I was bullied for that. Mm -hmm. Then... Maybe kids saw maybe something a little different about me that mm-hmm. I hadn't even realized yet what it mm-hmm. might have been. So I was teased for that, too. So it was just horrible. And, you know, you feel embarrassed about it. You don't want to tell your parents about why you don't want to go to school because they're calling you, you know, terrible names. Mm-hmm. Um, and every once in a while in some conversation, my mom will bring up the school and I tell her I don't talk about that. That that chapter in my life does not exist. And it's, I think, a, a protection tool, right? Mm-hmm. Of course. So after that, and I went to a new uh, Catholic um, junior high school, I got contact lenses, I lost the weight in the summer, mm-hmm. and I became the funny guy. And then suddenly everything changed for me. Like, I was the jokester. Mm-hmm. I wasn't the fat kid. I wasn't the, the gay kid. I was just Juan. And that carried through the rest of my life. High school was good. College was great. 
So, you know, I'm glad I'm not the same person I was uh, way back when. And I'm sure there are scars from that time. I'm sure there is uh, somewhere. Mm -hmm. But um, they're nicely tucked away. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe we should unpack those sometime, Juan. But that's a different podcast. It's just just survival. I am sorry you went through that. And and I I want to point out to you that you said when you're describing the horrible things that kids do and we know that yeah. kids do horrible things yeah. as because they're human uh i you said you were embarrassed i i'm so i'm not surprised that you didn't say i was scared and i was threatened because yeah. I, as I, was, a, I was i didn't feel threatened i mean um i remember something the kids would do to me which my mom would never understand um we would have to leave our lunch boxes towards the back of the classroom on a shelf how cute right yeah Mm -hmm. um when it would come time to lunch i'd open up my lunch box and all my milk was all over the like it's like somebody had opened my thermos and poured all the liquid on my sandwich and and whatever else was down there um in my mind, I didn't think the kids did it. My mom couldn't figure out why my this was happening because she would tighten it really strong. I mean, because we want to fit in. Do I have because proof we want to be the loved? Kids did this. I'm I'm looking back at it now. Probably, of course, did. they did it. They did do that, but um, you know, of what do you do? What do you do now? Right. I will tell you though about breaking cycles, and I know my sister has done this with her kids because my mom is a certain way. Um, I remember when I found out my nephew Anthony was teasing a girl Mm. in school. And this must have been when he was, you know, under 10 years old. Mm -hmm. And he was calling her frog face. (gasps) Right. Which, you know, definitely it's a lot lighter than what I was being called Mm -hmm. uh, in the 70s. Okay. Um, And I talked to him. I pulled him aside. I'm like, you know what? I was bullied when I was a kid. And And he loves you. And he loves you. And I'm like, don't call this young girl a frog face because it makes her feel bad. She's not going to like you or going to school. And I never heard of any more bullying incidents after that. So, you know, I'm trying to pass it along, right? Mm -hmm. Or pass it forward. That's wonderful. Yeah, share it forward. That's wonderful. I didn't want this to become a a therapy session on on my childhood, but... (laughs) It does answer the question, and maybe Sean and Cecile, you can go next. But I'm not the same person I was, even when I first moved to Los Angeles. I'm not the same person. And you say that with lots of energy around that. Is it because you're you're happy that you're a different person that Absolutely. you found growth? Absolutely, and I think that growth came from moving away from my family, mm-hmm. spending some time alone with myself to get to know myself away from love the family yourself, unit, which is Sean's point and, and to love myself and find like-minded people and almost to hit the reset button. Mm-hmm. I'd been living in Miami my whole life. Mm-hmm. Right. So to come here to LA where nobody knew me and I could start fresh mm-hmm. as, as the, the guy you see today. And I said, I've changed since then mm-hmm. too, was a, a real, real benefit to me. It wasn't just coming to Los Angeles for a career. It was a career and also for myself. I and that's why I think that that maybe for a moment we allow the space of the most important relationship to be mm-hmm. your friendship, your mm-hmm. what I call your 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 connected love. My family will always have priority in my life. I adore my brothers mm-hmm. and sisters. Mm-hmm. I am lucky to know them, my nieces, my nephews. And I I love them very much. I will lay my life down for I them. Know you would. But mm-hmm. I feel the same way about you both. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That's so nice. So, to and, and and to take it, Sean. Right? We just um, pause here a second, Cecile. But how do you take that when you hear that? 
because some of me uh, is a little like, you know. Too like, much, Cecile, too it, much. It's a, lot, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. Like, I embrace it. I love it. I love to have that connection. But yes. it's, it's, whoa, you know. <laughs> I'm a little intense. <laughs> well, no, in, in a good way. It's not. I'm, I'm, it's not negative at all. It's just like, wow. Because we want to live up to that mm. friendship. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't want to feel like we're not living up to. I mean, you, I know you don't have expectations, but when you say those things to us, then we have expectations <laughs> yeah. of ourselves. Of ourselves, right? yes. Interesting, yeah. because you know, I don't expect you to do anything. Just be my friend, the way you have been. I don't expect you to 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 say the same thing back to me. Like I said, it's just respect. Well, we and know you honesty. know we both love you, right? And that's not even a, a question. You know, that's you know, it's in our thoughts and it's in our actions and it's mm-hmm. our spending time together. It's mm-hmm. the way we feel around each other. Um, it's it's an unsaid, you know. But you did bring up a really good point when you sent that. Is is that there's obviously different types of, of friendship, but a real connected friendship, people who can can have sustained or want to have sustained friendships, there's a lot, there, there, there are responsibilities, there are accountability, mm-hmm. yeah. and there's also heartbreak when you care about someone that sure. much. Heartbreak because something happens to the person or heartbreak because the person disappoints you in one way or another. Mm-hmm. Because we all mm-hmm. will do that. We're all human beings. We will all disappoint each other one way or another. And wasn't inevitably. there a study or some research that we had many podcasts back mm-hmm. that the loss of a friendship was grieved yes harder than the loss of a of a parent or relative mm-hmm. is that right yes yes especially think about friends that you have had for a long time mm-hmm. or friends that saw you through perhaps some of the most yeah. traumatic parts of your life they were mm-hmm. witness to to think this that was happening in your life as i said to you guys before there are certain things that i share with you guys that i don't share with my family or mm-hmm. at least not right Same away mm-hmm. because their answer is i'm going to run out and I'm, you know their answer always is you have to pack up and come back home and i say <laughs> well this is my home um but that's their protectionism and, and i think that they still see me as the youngest of seven instead of the individual that i'm very proud that i have become mm-hmm. so uh, yeah. yeah the loss of, of friendship at this level would be I think devastating to me and that's maybe mm-hmm. why it becomes challenging for for some people and even for me to add a lot of people in and then you're okay with some friendships we have one person in particular who just faded out of our lives mm-hmm. and we're okay with that if mm-hmm. we were to see this person we'd be happy to see her mm-hmm. but not necessary to have her in in our daily you know or or yearly you know day-to-day there's different people that i feel that way about that have come mm-hmm. into my life um and, and I do mourn them. I do mourn what we used mm-hmm. to have. Mm-hmm. But to Sean's point, the yeah. love of, of my, of, that I have for myself and, and, the, and the people that I want to allow in my life dictate that I cannot have someone like that in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like I said. Some friends are for one season, many seasons, or a lifetime. And a lot of the times you don't know where they're going to fit in the spectrum until... Yeah the time passes and I think also too in 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 romantic relationships there are some people that are in for a short time the long haul or no time at all so yeah yeah and I think also that uh, Esther Perel says quite aptly that Mm -hmm. one of the challenges to romantic love today is that we expect that one person to be everything to us Mm -hmm. we expect that person to be our best friend to be uh, the person that's going to help us realize our better selves help us grow to be a better person he makes me be better she makes me be better 
And all those, although some of those things can be true by sharing somebody's life, uh, she points out, and I agree with her, that before we used to look at our community for that. We used to mm-hmm. look at, um, at, at our, our social structure, our religious structure, our, our extended family and friends, our, our coworkers, because people stayed at a job longer, and you built right. those work friendships, which are very important to your overall personal health. But we, we look for that in one person, and I think that is untenable and the same thing from your friends mm-hmm. if you want if you expect your friends to be your emotional airbag for every blowout that you have that is also mm-hmm. unsustainable yeah I'll, I'll tell you a couple of weeks ago i went to a, a friend's daughter's wedding up in sacramento and she had to basically do a family introduction to the groom's mm-hmm. side and and who was who and they were going to do a, a traditional chinese tea service where um, the elders give the young couple some advice, oh, nice. which was very nice, right? So she was thanking um, the her new in-laws and, and everything, and suddenly she brought up my name, and she says, and also here's my best friend, and, um, you know, uh, he's here, and I'm so glad he's here. And I, I became a little emotional because, you know, her husband's not her best friend. You know, it doesn't mean that your romantic partner is your best friend. Mm-hmm. And I was there and I listened to a lot of her family drama over the years mm-hmm. and and shared a lot with her. And I've seen her daughters go through junior high school, high school. And it really was very touching to hear that from somebody that, you know, you're somebody's best friend when, you know, you're not their romantic partner. You're mm-hmm. just somebody in their life who they value and care for. And, and that's it. Who you've given them love sometimes yeah. by simply listening. Yeah, or, and being there. Or, yeah, yeah, and being there. Or maybe sometimes telling them what they don't want to hear, but they know yeah. that they should do. Mm-hmm. And strangely enough, I also met her at uh, the gym, just like you two. Same oh, gym, wow. too. <laughs> of, all, of all things. So, yeah. We should turn yeah. that gym into an app. Come <laughs> here if you yeah. want to meet some friends. It was, And I think it was at a time in all of our lives when yeah. we were looking for that type of relationship. Mm-hmm. Think of it because it was all our 30s. I mean, for me, I just like you, I yeah. just moved to L.A., so mm-hmm. I had different needs from socialization mm-hmm. when in my early 30s, 20, you yeah. know, it was we just had different expectations. And I think we put different parts of ourselves out there mm-hmm. and we were more apt to mm-hmm. accept friendship. Because we needed yeah. friends more than we need. I mean, I, I I hate to sound like that, but I think when you're younger and in that stage of your life, you have different needs for different people, right. and you need your friends in a different way than you need. Yeah, them I when felt you're I older. didn't need a romantic relationship when I right. met you two. Mm-hmm. I think we met in a safe space. We had a shared interest, and it was for limited amounts of time. Mm-hmm. So we were always looking forward to the next class mm-hmm. and the next time we'd we'd get, get together. together again. You know, Sean, you said I, I, you feel almost bad saying that, but you know what came to mind? Our friends, maybe at some time, at some point in our life, in different stages of our life, take over from our parents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at some point, take over from our romantic love. And, and what I mean by that is your friends steer you in the right way or the wrong way are the ones that are there through your most... Um, meaningful rites of passage in life 
mm-hmm. you know, for, mm-hmm. for girls when maybe they lose their virginity, when you get drunk, you know, when, or, or whatnot, or when mm-hmm. you, your first whatever, or uh, you, when you get married, when you're your getting married, your whatever. first crush, yeah. when you're getting married, yeah. everybody talks about the bachelorette party, the bachelor party, which is basically friends right. there to support you through, through the birth of your child and through divorce, through menopause, through the death of your mm-hmm. parents. So I do think that it's absolutely okay to say I need it, that you need them for different things because they're shepherding you through those different stages mm-hmm. of your life. Just mm-hmm. like you're, you need your parents one way when you're a little kid than when you're a teenager and when you're an adult. But mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that you don't need them. You just need them in a different way. That makes sense. And there's a lot of power too, at least for me, in being alone. I was mm-hmm. okay being alone. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed spending time in a group and then I enjoyed driving away and having my my own self time too. So it all depends on where you are in your life. I know plenty of people that are constantly seeking that romantic love, that that friendship that may or may not happen. So that's why Sean comes on the podcast because he brings all this. He he zeroes it down <laughs> to the most wise point that we should make is start with yourself. Yeah, what kind of not there. yeah not kind of. Yes, knowing yourself, but also what love do you need and what form is mm-hmm. that taking? Because it is, we are not, most of us, or at least to some degree, not the same person as we shouldn't be because we change and life changes us. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it's for the better. Um, and so taking a, a, a an analysis or, mm-hmm. or, or diving in before you dive into the pool of friendship yeah. of what is... what is right for me? Mm-hmm. What are the kind of friendships that will enhance my life and I can enhance theirs? And I think we still have so much more to talk about on this subject, uh, which we're going to carry on, right? Yes. Oh, for the next sure. uh, few podcasts, uh, because, again, we're just hitting the tip of the iceberg mm. here, and there's so much more to, to hit upon, don't you think? To discuss among friends. And that will bring us to the end of another episode of Ends With Z. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please share and tell your friends. You can find out more about us at endswithz.com. For Cecile Munoz and executive producer Sean Moe, I'm Juan Fernandez. Have a good one, because above all else, you matter.